0: Has the balance actually shifted, both in the economy as well as central banks? According to a recent report, in November, there are more central banks cutting rates than there are raising them. For every Australia that is surprising with a rate hike because of a resilient economy, there is a Brazil or Chile aggressively cutting rates because, well, the central bankers in those countries said, we can. Lower consumer prices mean that real rates give us more room to cut them. What they're really saying is we're trying not to panic here and we don't want to panic the public, but we see tremendous amount of weakness. And with the balance of central banks moving toward rate cuts versus rate hikes, we're also seeing the similar process play out in terms of economic data, even though it might just be the so-called soft data first. In the recent PMIs that S&P Global put out for the month of November, their flash estimates there was a uniform theme throughout them. And that is the same theme that Mr. Stephen Van Meter and I have been speaking about for several months. Steve, it's new, new, new sales go down. That leads to dwindling backlogs. And once the backlogs go down and there are no new sales coming in, businesses have to make a decision about their workers. So recession is really pretty easy in the, in the respect that once companies get to that decision point and they say, I don't like the outlook here, that's when we start to see workers go. And should we read anything into the fact that global central banks on balance seem to be shifting in that direction, which, seems, which also appears to be in response to this more aggressive weakening in the global economy?
1: Yeah, Jeff, I think this is a lot about the fantasy here of of what central bankers wanted. I mean, the idea is we're going to bring inflation down and we're going to do this through hiking rates. And now that they're seeing it cool off, that that this should be the soft landing. This is the myth is, well, we need to trim a little bit. But like you said, we don't want to cause panic here. We don't want to cut too much because we told people before we were going to, you know, we're going to go a little too far and then we're going to back off and everything should normalize. The problem, as you just said, is as we look at these new order books, well, we're not seeing them pick back up, which is really what the hope was here. And because you've got all of these workers that you've hired, well, you put them on your backlogs and they've just crunched through them. I mean, we're seeing reports eight months of consistent backlog reduction or longer. And now they're getting down to the problem we have is there's no work. We come back again to the myth of central bankers, is we can bring inflation down without impacting the workforce. You and I know that's not even possible. There is a point where it happens, and we're seeing it now because these reports, as you mentioned, these you know surveys from the manufacturers, if we were seeing an uptick in new order demand, then we could say, hey, they're gonna make the case to keep these employees around. But now all of a sudden, as we've been talking about, well, you don't have any work for them. And you have to start trimming. The central bankers will say, well, that's okay. That's exactly what we wanted. We want a little bit of weakness in the in the labor market. The problem they don't understand is it's a domino effect. It's not just a few few workers here, a few workers there. It's just going to lead to an even bigger slowdown.
0: It was kind of alarming in the respect that in many of these PMIs that just came out, uh, it's one after another after another said, for the first time since June 2020. A company said they've cut worker. So even though this is a you know sentiment survey, it's a soft data, it was consistent in the respect of there it's happening in all of these different places at the same time, which makes it more credible than not. And it's also consistent with the fact that we've been questioning soft landing versus hard landing for quite some time, and it hasn't been settled either way you would think that if businesses were convinced that there was a soft landing, we wouldn't be talking about it. They would be acting on it, which is one reason why we pay so much attention to these so-called soft data surveys is because they do tell us something about the very thing that we're looking for, which is that outlook. Because businesses have said, as long as we, th- as long as we believe there's a good enough chance that we have a recovery, we have a soft landing, We'll hold on through the backlog going down. We'll hold on through. We'll hold on through lower sales. We we'll, we aren't going to fire workers. We might cut their hours a little bit. Might trim a little bit of cost, but we're not going to go into the mass layoffs as long as that outlook maintains at least some possibility for a soft landing. So as the balance has really shifted, don't you don't you agree with that statement? Since September and October seems to be where companies said okay. Things were okay during the summertime. They seem to go in the wrong direction in Europe. But we've been waiting long enough for clarity. And now now we're just tired of waiting.
1: Yeah, Jeff, because you remember those earning reports in the first two quarters of the year. It was like, hey, we think there's going to be a soft landing. We think there's going to be a rebound. We're pretty excited about this and we're confident. And then what, what do we start seeing in the third quarter now is, hey, wait a minute, you know, things just didn't kind of pan out the way we thought. Because if you're a manufacturer, as we're talking about right now, and you're thinking that there is going to be a rebound, but you don't see it in the new orders and you're kind of running out of backlogs. Well, you can tell your workers, look, maybe we're going to build things, you know, partially or three quarters, you know, whatever part we can build out build up our internal inventory and then when the orders come in and they need the customizing maybe the paint or you know whatever you know, things you need to do you can quickly go put them on there and get them out the door but you're not even hearing that you're not seeing any sign that hey you know we're willing to raise our own internal inventory because we really see that based on the conversations we're having with our partners, that they're, they're, they're just kind of in a bit of a soft patch. As soon as they clear out, they're going to crank their order book up. We're not seeing any of that. Now, of course, Black Friday, we expect consumers are going to go out and spend. We know they're pinching pennies right now. So it's not an issue of what we're going to see here in the data. But what we're already, the manufacturers are telling us is even the retailers and wholesalers aren't convinced that there's going to be something after this. And that's the sign we need to be looking at.
0: There's also one thing that we always talk about here too is the services uh, manufacturers they've been struggling for quite some time, hoping and praying for that that off ramp into the recovery period and they keep yeah it's just not happening and as you've said numerous times, manufacturing leads services, not the other way around and services They kind of hung in there through the middle part of this year. But now more and more, the outlooks have been increasingly dark from service providers. The PMI data that we're referencing, the flash numbers from November, those mentioned services quite a bit, even though it's not atrocious, it's not horrible. More and more, the outlook among service providers is becoming more like manufacturers than not. And once the service providers start to think, I don't see the soft landing either, then it's not just it's not just hey, manufacturing's a cutting job. Manufacturing's not a huge part of the economy. It's a it's a more broad and general trend, which then leads to the situation you're talking about, where it's not just okay. We get a few layoffs, which causes spending to go down, and then spending goes down a little more. That which confirms more companies to lay off, and it just it gets into the vicious cycle that we associate with recession. So what we're really saying here is. Balance of probabilities. Are they moving in the direction of the soft landing or are they moving in the direction of a hard landing?
1: Yeah, and it seems, Jeff, we're looking, you know, kind of, we, we as you said, we're going to see a deceleration, kind of maybe a little plateau for a bit, and then a further deceleration, and we're kind of hitting that plateau right now, and we're seeing that in the data saying, well, things are kind of looking a little bit better, maybe there's some hope, and then this is going to be the, yes, we achieved the soft landing, see it's here, we did it, we'll keep things tight for a little bit longer, and then all of a sudden, we're going to see the plane kind of tip the nose down for a second time. Because around here, you know, you look at the services sector, which is really dominant in the Orlando area, and you're we what we're seeing is some places are indeed, you know, cutting hours. They're laying off some people, or, do, or just kind of repositioning. And they're and the staff, when I talk to them, they're saying, you know, normally I could go get a job somewhere else, or I could transfer to a different apartment or a different park, or the, I can move around and still have work. Now they're telling me. There is no work there 's nothing it 's dried up it 's gone, and i can 't even get just a minimal hours to survive and When I start hearing that from people who just you know mere months ago were making money hand over fist, it tells us that you know this isn 't really a soft landing because they should be telling me the same thing we 're just talking about is, hey, you know what right now things are bad, but i 'm talking with several different places, and i 'm going to get a job pretty soon, and it 's going to be okay. What I'm hearing is, there just are no jobs right now.
0: And it's, you know, I think part of the problem, and you agree, I think you agree with me, Steve, maybe you don't. Let's let's figure that out. But essentially, everybody has been focused, like with a, you know, laser focused on consumer prices. And they look at consumer prices and think, well, if consumer prices are elevated above the Federal Reserve's target or the ECB's target or whoever's target, that must mean the economy is still red hot or it's still, it's still simmering hot. It's not as red hot as it was a couple of years ago when consumer prices were going up at 10% a year a- annual rates, but even the, the CPI in, in the 3% range, that's a full percentage point above the Fed's target. So that means the economy still needs to be cooled down when in fact, that is not the case. Consumer prices tend to be sticky. And as consumer prices have continued to move in the right direction, the economic weakness that is, that is uh, causing that consumer price disinflation might be far more advanced than you would otherwise realize if you were focused exclusively on the consumer price numbers and interpreted consumer price numbers as a reflection of strength in the real economy, which that's I think the key mistake a lot of people make.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you on this, Jeff. And it's simple. People think, well, you can, you can get deflation. We've obviously seen deflation but there's places you don't get it. And it's simply because you look at businesses and you know, you have your, your rent has gone up. Well, it, it's not gonna go down. You've probably signed a contract. You know, your electric bill or whatever, that's not gonna go down. Maybe your usage gets dropped a little bit, but you start looking at your variable components here and you don't see a lot of space where businesses are going to be able to drop prices. Now they're gonna have to lay people off, but even if they go to the an employees say, hey, you know what, we need you to cut, take back some of that raise. Well, people People aren't going to do that. They, they never do that. And so that's why we, as you said, you, you don't see a big drop off. You see kind of it becomes sticky, slow down and flatline. Now, during recessions, of course, we end up getting that because you have these massive inventory overhangs and you see a demand for energy come down. And so you get these periods where you have deflation. But the, notable, the idea that I'm going to go to the store or maybe my rent's going to renew and they're going to be like, oh, well, guess what, Mr. Meter? You'll be happy your rent dropped 10%. They're not going to ever do that. Maybe it'd be like good news. It's the same as it was you know, last year. Oh, that's wonderful. That's what we should expect. The idea that the whole economy is going to deflate, no. But we're going to see all of these goods that are stacked up on warehouses Well, that's got to be cleared out. And that's where you tend to see deflation come out.
0: And I think there's an important point here, too, is
1: that the deflation doesn't
0: come first. It's not like because consumer prices tend to be sticky. Then you have the robust weakness in the economy. You have the acceleration to the downside. And then the the consumer price numbers turn negative. Those that do turn negative. You're right. We don't see a a massive economy-wide reset like the we're not going to go into the reverse of 2020, where in 2021 when consumer prices went way up, and they're going to come back, go way, go way back down. Instead, what you see is that as the economy becomes worse, it gets into the recession part. That's when the negative numbers show up on the monthly CPI. It's not the monthly numbers and the CPI become negative first, and then oh, then the layoffs start. It's so if you're looking for the CPI to tell you where the economy is transitioning into that recession. You get, you're looking at a lagging indicator, which, of course, as we say all the time, that's just what the Federal Reserve and central bankers are doing. They're looking at a lagging indicator. They're thinking that the CPI means economic strength when all the rest of the stuff that we're talking about is already transitioning in the, on, in the wrong direction.
1: Yeah. And that's why we come back and talk about these manufacturing PMIs. Why these surveys matter is you start, as you know, Jeff, you hear them talking about layoffs. And we said eventually the workers are not going to have work. They're going to lay people off. And we know in the U.S., the manufacturing sector, about 11 percent of the economy. So you could say, well, it's not that big of a deal it is when you take someone say in the services sector who might be making minimum wage versus someone who's making you know maybe 80,000 a year or 100,000 a year and now that person is on unemployment well their income goes down significantly and so does their spending and that's kind of what we see coming here in terms of demand coming down is watch more people start to lose their job. That leads to less consumption, which in turn leads to more less jobs, which leads to less consumption. And then the whole thing kind of just spirals out of control. And so now that we're kind of at this point tells us that you know we're going to start to see the end of this inflation. Of course, as you and I know, by the time the central bankers see it, well, it'll be way too late.
0: Well, maybe not, though, because that was the opening statement we made here, right? Some central bankers might actually be seeing the weakness. And I think that's the final point I want to make, is that when the rate cuts start, as they have in certain places around the world, that isn't a sign of more stimulus to the economy, a robust recovery and turnaround ahead. That is a sign that even these central bankers who are biased toward inflation and aggressive economies are saying, oh, we see it, too. So when you see the rate cuts start, that all that means is, okay, the economy's gotten bad enough. Even Jay Powell or Christine Lagarde has thrown in the towel on it.
1: Yeah, but they're just going to convince the world that, hey, we were planning on doing a cut or two. And then all of a sudden, it's going to be like, uh-oh, data is crumbling. And then as we know, that's where the Fed starts chasing rates down as the economy unwinds. But they're going to spin this to their favor. I just don't think they've got a lot of runway that they're going to have on that one.
0: I'll put a link below me for this video on the markets and the market curves and what's going on, Japan, treasuries, and all that. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Huge thank you, your University members and your University subscribers. Until next time, take care.